2: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you
3: find your perfect home sweet home. Before today's episode, I just wanted to warn you all that we will be covering sexual assault and abuse. If this is going to be triggering for you... Consider not listening to this episode These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to "How Can I Help?" I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully. With understanding, insight, and advice. Today's question seems to be about when it's okay to move on to a new relationship after a marriage has ended. But actually, it's about domestic abuse and its profound effect on the victim. One in four women and one in 10 men experience intimate partner violence. And violence can take various forms it can be psychological, physical, Emotional or sexual. People of all races, cultures, genders, sexual orientations, socioeconomic classes, and religions experience intimate partner violence. However, this violence has a disproportionate effect on communities of color and other marginalized groups. Economic instability, unsafe housing, neighborhood violence, and lack of safe and stable childcare and social support can worsen an already tenuous situation, intimate partner violence as a public health issue cannot be addressed without also addressing social factors, especially in the context of a pandemic that has caused so much social isolation. During this year, due to the pandemic, domestic violence has risen and reporting the violence for help with intervention has gone down. The rise is due to more economic strain, forced increased stress due to having children home from school, requiring care while parents juggle how to work, more job loss, less access to safe spaces like shelters, which closed down in the pandemic, isolation of all family members due to social distancing, the decrease of reporting is due to many shelters and centers that help with domestic violence victim support closing down. And also, being at home all day with the partner means that there's no safe way to speak to someone about what is going on and how to help. Many victims are afraid to report. They feel trapped because they don't have enough money or they don't have a place to go. They've been threatened about leaving. Maybe they fear for the well-being of their children and are overwhelmed about how they and their children can be safe if they do report. They need support and a viable plan from community supports or a family member or a friend. And they need a way to have law enforcement support their safety once a plan is established. Let's get to the question for today. Dear Dr. Saltz, one year ago, just as the global pandemic began to sweep our nation, I left an abusive relationship of 23 years. I had emotionally checked out of this relationship about a decade prior to the pandemic. I had worked for my spouse on his dairy farm for the duration of the relationship. The cause of emotionally checking out was when my spouse came home from two weeks away. The entire time he was gone, I was getting up at four in the morning and staying up until 11 at night because I was holding down the fort, so to speak, taking care of the farm as well as our children. The day he was scheduled to return, I showered and fell into bed exhausted, knowing he would be back to check on certain things about the farm. He must have tried to awaken me, but I was in a deep sleep when he sexually assaulted me but I had grown so accustomed to pandering to his every whim, I just prayed he would be done soon. I didn't say anything. I felt like it was my fault for going to sleep without wearing any underwear, like I should have known he would need sex after being apart two weeks. The next morning, I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, what on earth am I still here for? I began making plans to leave but then I heard on the news that a person in another place had stabbed his children to death to get back at his ex-wife. I could see my spouse as capable of that, so I stayed. Long story short, my children are bigger and stronger than he is, so they're no longer in any physical danger when they're with him. One is away at school and hasn't spoken to their father in years. I felt a blissful sense of freedom when I left him a year ago. But now, I'm beginning to long for companionship with someone new. How long do I need to wait before beginning a new intimate relationship? I heard a psychologist on another podcast saying we should wait at least a decade before dating if we were married for over 20 years. I'm in my 50s. I feel like that's an excessive amount of time. I would love to hear your opinion. This question is really tragic for several reasons. You have been living with a man because you have been too afraid of what terrible, violent thing he might do to your children were you to leave? That pretty much tells me everything I need to know about the quality of this relationship. This horrendous abusive sex act that was a turning point for you sounds like it was predicated on a prior relationship that had built into it, he can do what he wants to you, and it's your fault. This is the hallmark of an abusive relationship, and one it likely has not been safe for you to stay in for the past decade, but that you had managed by capitulating silently and carefully to his demands. You say you worked for him on his farm, not you worked with him and your farm. You felt like the employee, the subservient servant rather than a partner. You clearly felt trapped and unable to leave due to your fears about your children. Yet, I hope other listeners will hear that there are methods of leaving an abusive relationship, that utilizing the support of, for example, the National Domestic Violence Hotline 800 seven nine nine safe or 800 7233 to plan how to devise a place to go to get financial support to leave how to organize to get police and legal protection for yourself and your children it's available and safer than staying how can i help with dr gail Saltz? we'll be back after this short break
2: Perfect home sweet home.
3: That being said, many abused women live in terror and stay, terrified that their abuser will harm them or harm their children in retaliation for leaving, especially if their partner has threatened this. And over time, the partner has subsumed control, eroding the self-esteem of their victim until they have no will, completely helpless, even feeling undeserving of anything, and too terrorized to move. This is the psychological abuse piece that is integral to intimate partner abuse. That you believed his sexual abuse was your fault is indicative of this type of thinking. And your question, do I need to wait some long period of time before I'm allowed to find myself some modicum of companionship and love, also bespeaks the belief that you are undeserving of or can't have anything good for yourself. I don't know any mental health professional that would say you must wait a decade to search for a new partner no matter how long you've been married. The only advice I would have about searching for companionship, which you should most definitely do, and now if you'd like to, is that you think about what psychological elements drew you in the first place to an abusive man. This is hugely important, because without understanding your own attraction, the compulsion to repeat can be strong, And many people re-enter another abusive relationship. It feels familiar and becomes what they see as love. Many people who end up in abusive relationships have either witnessed abuse in their growing up, often in their parents, or were subject to abuse as a child, or were in an abusive relationship in their teens. You may be able to unearth the origins of this pattern on your own, or you may find you really need to see a therapist for an objective trained outsider who can help you to unearth and understand what drew you to your first mate in the first place. What happened in the relationship and in your mind, which is often unconscious, that allowed you to stay in this dynamic all those years And what the abuse did to your sense of self-worth, your self-respect, belief that you are deserving, and the ability to hold these things more dear to yourself than any partner. This is crucial to understand about yourself before you choose another permanent partner with whom to have a healthy relationship. These personal insights have no timeline. I urge you to start the thought process now. I urge you to look for any signs of a potentially abusive partner. A wish to separate you from friends or other family members. To isolate you. To have control over what you do or where or who you're with. A need to keep tabs on where you are or who you communicate with. Someone who either ignores your wishes, opinions, and needs or who outright tells you they don't matter, are not as important or valuable as his, someone who goes back and forth between professing love and full of compliments and angry outbursts with negative judgments of your opinions, your appearance, your choices, actions, and the other people in your life. These are all signs of a potentially abusive relationship and partner. You also mentioned that you've been checked out emotionally of this relationship for 10 years. This is another reason I would not put a timeline on how soon to start dating after the end of a marriage. It really depends somewhat on when this relationship emotionally ended as opposed to when it legally ended. Many people stay in emotionally dead marriages for all kinds of reasons. Financial, the children, health insurance, one partner is seriously ill or too mentally compromised to engage, inertia, and abuse. The legal ending is often arbitrary, and the emotional end, as in, I have stopped emotionally engaging with my partner in any way and I just coexist with you like roommates, is often the actual end of the marriage particularly if there is no attempt to repair it along the way. Often enough, I see a person who is not only emotionally checked out, but in addition has mourned the loss of the relationship. And by the time the legal divorce happens, they are truly ready to date and find someone new. What is most important is that each individual take the time to analyze what went wrong in the relationship and why. And most importantly, what in their personal psychology they brought to this choice of partner? What did they bring to their way of handling what went on in the relationship? What they brought to patterns of dysfunction in communication, in relating, in sex? What's important is to own their piece, their part, so that they can make a better and healthier choice of partner and a way of behaving and communicating in future relationships. So in a nutshell, I advise you to not wait to start your self-analysis and start looking for some happiness and companionship in your current life. I hope that was helpful. This past year of lockdowns and tremendous uncertainty has caused many women to become locked down with abusive partners. Partners who, in feeling they have lost control in many areas of their life, become more abusive as a means of gaining more control and, unfortunately, over their victim partner. Numbers from the initial lockdown showed domestic violence to have risen 8.1% from the previous year, with women particularly having been affected. And this number is likely to be a low number compared to the actual numbers, as domestic violence is classically underreported. Which brings me to my concluding thought. It often takes someone in the abused person's life to notice and help them. If you see someone you care about increasingly withdrawn, Anxious, defeated, any signs of bruising or other injury explained away as accidents, or wearing long sleeves in warm weather, sunglasses, and other means of hiding signs of injury. If they suddenly and repeatedly can't meet, can't talk, ask them about abuse in a safe way for them, which means in person and in private. Don't ask them via texts, which are likely to be monitored by a violent partner. Then give them resources to get help. Make calls for them, which they might not be able to do without privacy. Help them find a safe place to go and have some resources to go with. You can be saving their life. you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at HowCanIHelp at SenecaWomen.com. All senders remain anonymous and listen every Friday to How Can I Help with me, Dr. Gail Saltz.